1: Hey, this is Justin Fancy, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight.
2: Justin, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Uh, It's kind of like a laid-back kind of podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Unintended. in 2020 you won i think i have it here the music nl country artist of the year and the rising star of the year now that's the first time in the history of that awards that you win like an artist has won both that's just yeah. because i wasn't in the running justin i'm sorry to tell you like <laughs> i i dropped out last minute i was just a, like man like my talents is just a soul now. <laughs> uh, but tell me what does that do for your career not only in newfoundland but like Throughout Canada, because I know it's still a Music and All Awards, but like it's still something that when you go to a show in Toronto, or if you're going to an Ottawa or Vancouver, it's still accolades that someone looks at and says, "All right, but it can't be that bad."
1: I completely, I, I completely agree with that, and I think you know, a, anytime you get recognition for, um, especially the, you know, first piece of work that I put out to the world, that was you know, uh, it was my first album, and. Um, just to see that from the industry and, and obviously the people that are listening to the music, I mean, it, it just means a lot. It motivates you. It inspires you. And then, you know, fast forward to this year and I won the Entertainer of the Year. So that's, you know, um, at the ECMaze. That boosted me again. I mean, again, any time you can get any accolades for, for you know, your own craft and what you do. And, you know, I've I've gotten uh, a lot of feedback on my songwriting and, and there's been a lot of people reach out and say, hey, I can relate to that. And I mean, it's a songwriter's dream you write a song so that other people can relate and and enjoy the music and and you know kind of feel the music right so that's what you try and do as a songwriter and it, it there's a tough i guess boundary when it comes to songwriting you can get too personal with it sometimes or you can get less personal with it and it doesn't really hit the audience the way it should and you know uh, from the feedback that I've gotten I've you know done a pretty good job with that which is and it was something that I just started on a whim and uh, you know I just felt that I was ready to record an album I met my producer Clint Curtis he's in Springdale also in Newfoundland he's literally changed my life through the production of this first album and I've been working with him ever since we've got songs out uh, since and uh, obviously this new single lay back on a night I guess you know for me receiving these accolades and and you know nominations for awards and everything else I think it's extremely important for an artist to to really you know get that feedback from both the industry and your fans that you're you know you're headed in the right direction right
2: so when you're getting the feedback i know i know because it's a like from a podcast kind of perspective but it's still kind of in media in the entertainment like how do you juggle that because just say there could be a fan base out there that says oh i really like this song how come Mm -hmm. this one isn't the one that you're releasing and then you have like someone in a studio with you going like well see we'll market this one or we'll put this one out as you know trying to build it up like i've never been in a room with say some famous artists and be like actually this is what i think you would have did because they would have been like how the hell did you get in here and yeah like what's your opinion worth but how do you react to that because if there is like the divide between a fan and a studio like do you kind of have your own say of here's what i think we're going to do or do you kind of sway in the terms of like well this person's done it for so long let's go with that
1: Yeah, so, uh, I mean, uh, some of the music that I release unreleased on, on TikTok and, and these places, like, you, you know, this is kind of becoming a common trend now. You you, you kind of just, you know, hey, do you like this song? What do you think yes. of this song? Whatever. Try to get a reaction before it's actually released. So there's a lot of that. and There's a lot of talk. One song in particular I haven't released that I played for the first time at George Street Festival uh, in 2021. Played it again this year, and it's becoming you know a lot of people are wondering about the song it's called i've got a keg and i wrote it with another guy here in st john's and we haven't released that yet and you know there's people all the time wondering you know how come you didn't release this yet how come you didn't release this one it's about timing two is you know i have a team that a small team at that i have a publicist uh, paula and she's pretty much a jack of all trades and she kind of you know tells me is a song you know worth releasing what the timing should look like on that i also have a radio promoter that would you know would would listen to the song and listen to multiple songs i send him multiple tracks and say hey what do you think about this for radio and he'll give me the feedback and we'll make a decision you know jointly together what i've found over the years is that your fans are always going to tell you that you know everything that you release everything that you write everything that you you know uh, demo is 100 fantastic and it's going to be a number one hit right so you, you kind of have to yes that's You know, it's it's great, it it feels great to get that advice, but you kinda have to go to, you know, the the people on your team and and decide that what happens in the studio is basically all me. I mean I I co produce this stuff with my producer, Clint. I tell him what to do and, and he does it and he does it very, very, very well. So I've got I've got an EP coming out now in the spring. So we're deciding songs on that uh, that are going to be on that record. I've actually recorded a, a, uh, I think seven tracks so far, and we're gonna we're gonna you know we're gonna pick six or seven songs to go on the record. And uh, planning on doing some songwriting and more um, more writing with with uh, with you know established songwriters and stuff. And uh, we'll see where that goes. So that that set list is not final. But yeah, I mean going back to releasing the music, it, it is you know I'm my own manager. I'm managed um and i'm an independent artist so i make the decisions at the end of the day I, I just receive great guidance when it comes to you know what what we decide on releasing right
2: i feel like the answer there like for the fan point of view i kind of like it because yeah you're right like fans are going to tell you like this is great because they're your fans Absolutely. i'm the type of fan that i'm probably sure if i went to like one of my favorite artists be like you know what that one was a miss man and they'd be like yeah are you... but you're a fan and i'm like yeah and as a fan I'm just telling you that it wasn't the greatest, and then they're just (laughs) like, "Well, like that." Thank you. And I'm like, "Listen, everyone stays tuned to like negativity. Where it's like you could tell them seven great things, they hear the negative." But I feel like coming from a fan's perspective, compared to like I guess a producer, is like it's still to me as a fan, they're they're trying to tell you something of saying like, "Listen, like I like this path. What's going on?" And if you change it up, it might take him a little bit of time. Like, listen, I I liked Blink-182 growing up. I like Mariana's Trench. Mm -hmm. Not every song is the same. But I feel like if you you have every song the same, it's like, all right, like you said, your fans are going to be like, I'm super happy. But then they grow up, too. And then they're kind of like, all right, I listened to this when I was 16. I'm like 30 now, and it hasn't changed. So yeah, for sure. What happened? It's like I listened to you for too long. That's what happened.
1: Yeah, and I mean a lot of artists, a lot of artists have went different avenues, and 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 sometimes it didn't work. Sometimes it, it worked very well. I think you know that that fresh boom of an artist um, coming into an, a, a music industry and getting play on radio and everything else, you only emerge for so long, and then you just become a, a kind of a seasoned artist, right? I know great artists who've tried to change things up and had a different sound different producer and whatever else, didn't work out for them. Uh, and some, it, you know, it skyrocketed them. So it's it's there's a fine line. Sometimes you get complacent as a songwriter as well. If you start writing hit songs or songs that are attractive to radio and you get success with that, there's always a natural knack to want to change the way that, because it starts becoming complacent, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, even though that formula may work a couple years down the road, you might write about something else or a different experience and it just doesn't hit people like it did in the beginning right so it's a fine line and you know after a while if you don't change things up you can't expire and that's the way that the music industry works right hi i'm steve yurko
0: and i'm tara sands now available from maji media is our new podcast for kids flashback I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows.
2: And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does.
0: And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback.
2: Still sticking with music side, because I know we went over kind of the accomplishments being the first artist to win like these two awards. You're the first ever Canadian country artist to be invited to the the Record Academy
1: yeah so there was a certain feature actually it was okay. called um, press play at home and, and this specific feature we, uh, you know i was the first canadian country artist to be offered a, a, a showcase or you know a feature to be on that show so we had um and it, this all came right out of the blue i was just getting ready to release um, beauty queen was the name of the song and and they had contacted me and wanted me to to perform so it was a live performance so we got together and recorded the video and and audio and everything and mixed it up and sent it sent it along that was was extra special for me and obviously you know I, I i found it hard to believe obviously when when i was offered that and you know just to know that someone down in los angeles knows about yeah. you know little justin fancy who's you know singing country songs just to have that you know i guess recognition that that i'm i'm being heard you know not only here not only in newfoundland across canada across the states and you know all over the world which is it, it's a crazy feeling to be honest with you and i look at like the spotify stats and apple music and i'm seeing countries that you know i, I would never ever imagine mm. that my music would be played there it's just uh it, it's an incredible feeling just going back to this grammy thing i think you know we got some really good feedback on the video as well and we did it all locally here uh, center city media was the name of the production company they've done all my music videos we just nailed it and I, I i think you know um there's a lot to be proud of you know coming from a small town in newfoundland um you know getting an opportunity to be on the front page of uh, Grammy dot com is you know it's just extra special.
2: So in in discussing that because again I'm a new Philander myself doing a podcast and like mm-hmm. I, I kind of relate to you in the sense of when I go on like my Spotify and see who's listening, it's like could be Indonesia, could be like Asia, yeah, like it's cool Korea, though. and I'm just like that's great, but I'm never going. And then they're just yeah, like, sure. like, <laughs> like they're just they're just like why? And yeah. then I'll then I'm t- then they'll tune out. I'm like no, that's fair. Like you know it is what it is, yeah. but. I, yeah. I do find it interesting because like in my own bubble, when I first started this off, I was thinking like, okay, I wanna have a Newfoundland audience, then a Canadian audience, then a US audience, but it doesn't really work that way. It's like whoever can right. hear it will hear it. Right. But like do you find yourself sometimes trying to be not necessarily like that Newfoundland bubble or that perspective, but like still being proud to be a Newfoundlander, but still appealing to a mass audience. Cause I find it sometimes yeah. I'll drop a yes, buy on a podcast. And then someone will comment in a section of, uh, you said yes, buy. And I stopped listening and I'm just still like scratching my <laughs> head. Like, yeah, well, but you have seen that there was more minutes left in the episode and then, and then you got to kind yeah. of explain to him like, oh, it's slang. It's a term, but how do you kind of walk that fine line?
1: So the biggest thing for me and the biggest advice that I've I, I got was to to be myself and to never try and act like you're, you're 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 somebody else. Be yourself. Talk the way that you've always learned how to talk, and you know, say yes, bye, and what are you at today? And going back to I think about uh, going back to last June when makes me wanna. I got chosen as the Rogers one to watch. I was a Rogers one to watch artist, and my song overnight literally started playing on about 20-25 radio stations. Rogers right across the country, so it went from like i think it was spinning at like 82 and it went to 44 the first week on the billboard chart so it was a big moment for me and obviously i had a few interviews with rogers and stuff and um i i remember wendy um wendy boomer we call her and uh, she's she's one of the music directors uh with with rogers and i remember her saying just relax like you, you know your shoulders are up like this and you're kind of like scared to death and you're trying to talk like a mainlander and you're not a mainlander like just relax be yourself be yourself so we we, we had to record a, a Couple of tidbits for radio, like you know, hi, I'm Justin Fancy. Uh, this is my new single. Makes me wanna. I hope you like it and whatever. And I was like, hi, I'm Justin Fancy. This is my new single. And I was just, you know, I was just. I wasn't yeah. myself at all. And if there's anything I've learned throughout this is that people like to see your natural self. They don't, you know, they, they can pick it out. I mean, you're your own worst enemy. You're always going to listen back to yourself and think, oh, well, this can change, that can change, whatever, you know, uh, when it comes to that. But, I mean, the most important part of it for me and, and what you know, to feed that back that I've gotten is that, you know, let your personality shine. I think that's the biggest. Um, so, yeah, I am a proud Newfoundlander, but in the same breath. Um, I'm trying to create a national image and not a Newfoundland image. And I think that, you know, we're surrounded by water. We're always going to be surrounded by water and all this kind of stuff. But I mean, you know, um, I'll try and be careful here. But like my first music video wasn't going to be me sat on a rock down by the ocean with my guitar. I mean, it just wasn't, you know. What? It it just. yeah outrage. No, I'm (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, becoming a becoming a canadian country artist i mean you know i've i'm picturing trucks and you know dirt roads and back roads and you know um you know like in laid back kind of night i mean it's it's just you have to track the broader audience i mean i've gotten i've written songs in the last couple of months that has colorado there's there's talks of drinking and there's talks of trucks and all this kind of stuff it might have never happened to me before but it's just something that i write that adheres to the way that country music is going right now and that's more of a national audience i I mean i can sing about fish and, yeah um and you know out on the water all my life and codfish and kissing the fish and all this kind of stuff but i mean that only that'll only get you so far inside of the newfoundland bubble i'm very 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 proud to be from newfoundland i i've been inviting every artist and every industry person i've met to come down here and experience it because you know i, I love living here and I, i'm proud to be a newfoundlander it's just you have to kind of nationalize yourself if that's what you want to do i mean if you want to become a newfoundland artist that that um you know plays down to o'reilly's and and has a traditional you know folk record or whatever i did all of that you know that it just depends on what kind of niche you want to target right but being you know being uh, i guess a national artist you, you you kind of have to play that game you know
2: well, I think it's interesting you mentioned that because to kind of go off that point, it's like when I think of when I was younger watching like CMT and you watch like the Chevy, I think it's like the Top Twenty Countdown, and yeah. I remember seeing like yeah. the Anna Sisters first for the first time on it. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, and I was just gonna, like, cool I watched one. them perform like out from St. Leonard's, and I was like, okay, that's kind of a Newfoundland audience and an East Coast. Yeah, for sure. But then to see them, yeah. it's not about you. It's I'm like, okay, that's exactly. You know, like, and the same with like Great Big Sea when you're like, okay the night that Pat they made up, the died. job. Right? Yeah, yeah. Compared to yeah. ordinary day. And you're like, it's, it's like, uh, I don't want to pigeon point it. as just like Newfoundland too. Cause I mean, like there's the Rankins, the Rankins had a very East coast kind of vibe, but then you look at like CMT and you're just still like, you know what, if someone out exactly. in West is listening to that and going like, you know what, I can relate to that.
1: Exactly. Like, Absolutely. It's,
2: it, I think it's like an interesting uh, kind of concept approach, but yeah, like you want to kind of get to your Newfoundland or like your local fan base. And then yeah. go from there. Now I mentioned this to other acts as well. Cause I, I like their approach. I know we're kind of coming out of COVID, but like, you know, you had a lot of success kind of during, I, I call it like the COVID bubble, but like mm-hmm. that, obviously, yes, it helps you in your career because listen, we're all in lockdown. We're probably all listening to music going, going, uh, how do we, how do we go from here? Like, where do we go? Right. But mm-hmm. during COVID, what kind of things did you do to keep yourself distracted besides music?
1: Yeah I mean it it had a lot to do with music I can I can tell you that and I think you know it, it freed up time for me to actually you know say i'm gonna do this thing and I, I think you know i work from home um you know mostly over the pandemic i'm working from home now but i didn't have a work from home job when the pandemic started and uh i got i had a day, a day job as an it person and i'm still an it guy with a different company but going back to that i mean i was able like my guitar as you can see is right behind me there and you know i'd, I'd have a five or ten minute break or whatever from a meeting or and i'd pick up my guitar and it was something that i wasn't accustomed to so i think music was a big part of me over the pandemic and i think i always tend to go to music when i'm i guess feeling a certain way or if i'm bored i'll pick up my guitar it's just something that that has grown with me over the years and i think you know we had so much time on our hands with the pandemic and i just really put a plan together that um seemed to work and i mean it wasn't you know i wasn't reaching for the sky in the beginning i was going to release a song see how it went and then i heard the first song the production of that song and then it just took off then we just started the train and i i ended up Taking advantage of I guess talking to a lot of radio remotely as well normally you do what's called a radio tour and you go to the radio stations you travel and you go to the radio stations you know physically you show up at the radio station do your interview and you meet these guys right and radio wasn't doing a lot of zoom meetings or phone calls or anything of that sort they didn't want anything to do with it I mean if you wanted to meet them you had to show up there right so a lot of that changed to my benefit obviously because I was able to meet all of these people you know through zoom calls and and emails and all that kind of stuff and uh you know the the only thing the only real thing and a big p- component of being an artist was was the touring and that was completely gone my first album I couldn't tour that I'm hoping to tour this album now coming up in the spring and I think that's the the only real part that that has been missing the only component that you know of my career thus far that I haven't been able to really do I mean I've played local shows you know and and uh, i did my cd release actually at glendinning golf club and that was pretty much in the middle of the pandemic it was just starting to slow down the cases were down and, and they were just starting there to Uh, this was on the first wave when the cases started to go down they kind of opened things up a little bit more and then I did my CD release and that went extremely well and uh, yeah so I've been just chugging along man and I mean there's an engine that you need to start when you do this when you release music and everything else a lot of independent artists um, don't really start that engine they just release a song and expect that it just hits the world and you know and it's the biggest hit ever but I mean You have to market your music. You have to have a team. You have to have, you know, if you want to target radio, you got to have a radio promoter. If you want to, you know, if you want to do things like we're doing right now, on a podcast or, or if you want to get on global news or ctv or you know any of that kind of stuff you need someone shopping that around so there was always something that kept me busy and it's still i mean music is a big 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 part of, of what i do in the run of a day i mean it, it uh it, it never ends i mean it's it's steady man and, and i love it i really really enjoy it you know it, not so much the part of having to repeat myself <laughs> how i started playing guitar every single yeah. time and i was thirteen, yeah. and you know whatever but just you know just just the fact that i guess the media and stuff is interested in what i'm doing because they see you know the accolades and everything else i mean it, it means it a lot and i never ever take it for granted <laughs>
2: there's like there's so many i guess there's so many landscapes or um like media outlets now right like you, you like you're yeah. right like there once was a time that you'd have to go to a radio station and do a hit and then in turn they'd play like they'd spin your record Mm-hmm. Now there's like podcasts, there's like, like Twitter, there's every, like you can like promote yourself in the sense, right? Where you didn't have yeah, that sure. back in the day. So mm-hmm. I think it's interesting when sometimes you have an artist, like you said, like they'll come out with a music video now or anybody really like content creators. And then they get so frustrated where it's like, well, like, uh, it's not doing well. I'm just still like, yeah, well, like it's a fast paced world and you got to give it, it things time. I just think it's that much remarkably more interesting or like kind of, I guess, fascinating is like you had an artist like lisa loeb in the 90s that wasn't signed at all and she Mm -hmm. ends up going like top of the charts but like today yeah you don't you're not really going to get that like you have a charlie pooth that does stuff on twitter or instagram he like releases snippets and then next minute when he when it finally charts it just goes instantly number one because there's kids out there that like i heard that before where did i hear that before it's like oh right i there was a TikTok, but it's it's the changing of the guard
1: that whole that whole TikTok world is i haven't been able to i mean i'm not a master I, i've but. been i've been steady making videos and these things take time like if i yeah. if i were to go and and you know play uh like the big thing on my tiktok i've been getting a lot of reaction from is me singing just singing old country and western music um but you know what a lot of people don't know is that you have to you know you have to record the audio separately to make it sound decent and attractive when someone pulls it up or for the algorithm to work the way it does it's got to be good quality audio not just me playing guitar in front of my iphone right it's it's you mix the audio then you have to sync the audio with the video then you have to make out like you're playing and singing live and you're actually syncing to the audio so there is a lot of work when it comes to that stuff and i just don't know how people have so much time on their hands to be doing this stuff but i mean all it takes is that one video to get a million views or something way to go i mean you look at robin Adelini, um, a canadian artist canadian country artist she released a song f-150 and it absolutely blew up on tiktok and this is you know she's touring right across the u.s right now and and yeah. um touring with some of the biggest country artists in the u.s which is amazing and and she's a It's just, you know, everybody has their, 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 I guess their, their moment or their their time that, you know, they really need to take advantage of it. And she had the right team, the right people around her to make that happen for her. and It's a very, very, very tough business to be in. I, I, you know, I have to say, so if there's any advice, do your research and uh, you feel like you got the music, you know, shop it out there and, and get, get the industry people to give you feedback on your music. I think that's huge. And, and you know, developing a presence and a consistency is is, is a major, major key in, in attempting to have a career in music.
2: I feel like a, a lot of it for, especially if you're a young artist, especially in this day and age too, it's like with any kind of career is, it's so, as, as harsh as it sounds. It's like in order for people to really believe in you you kind of have to make them believe. Like it's nobody you going into a meeting and saying, "Here's what I'm about." And they're like, okay. and and if you go, "Well, that's it, they'll be like, "Great, But then you kind of have to go, like it's it's still like your narrative, but you can go back there in a year's time and be like, "All right, look, I'm still pushing. This is what I've done." And I told you this is what I was gonna do. And then some right. people are like, "Wow, the ego on that person, like you kind of have to kind of have to have your own little ego because if Man. you go into a room and someone says, I don't see it, and you're like, you know what? You're right. I'm done.
1: Then they're like, I "Told you." Absolutely. I, man and I, I did this for years. I waited for someone to come to me right I, I, I got feedback from people that yeah you know, well, you're not quite there yet you're not you know blah blah blah. I just went and done this thing myself and I believed in it and and it happened and I mean people start respecting that. I mean when you when you when you you know rely on someone else's opinion and you know you, you let that local part of it kind of bring you down to a point where you'll never kind of succeed, you have to kind of let all of that go. Do your own thing and what you believe in and simply what i did i mean i i believed i could write a song once i found the right production and i'm so so glad that i waited um I, I mean i played on george street for 12 13 years before i did any of this and i was just singing cover songs every night i had my own songs written never ever put them on display out anywhere because i didn't really believe in it that the biggest trigger for me was finding clint and understanding that Clint, you know, I figured I'd have to go to Nashville or I'd have to go to West Summer in Alberta or something in a big studio up there to get the kind of sound that I wanted to get. Because I always had a knack for country radio. It was something, you know, I could do that. I could write a song like that. I know I can. And, you know, I just never invested enough energy in it. And fast forward to now, I mean, I have an unbelievable relationship with my producer. We we both better ourselves when we record music. Now, I mean, and we're always shopping around ideas. You know, we hear a song, and I'll fire it to him. Hey, man, I like the banjo in this song. You know, like you know, what's what's he doing there? And we'll break it down, and you know, this sound, this reverb, whatever. All the technical stuff goes in it as well. But I mean, again, the biggest thing for me has has always been to just you know, if you believe in yourself and and. And don't rely on anybody else to, 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 to kind of lead you along your own way. I mean, yeah. it's 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 simple, man. If you believe in yourself, go do it. And, and you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, you say no and you move on, you do your <laughs> thing. You accept it. And that's, it's kind of hard to explain, man, because to be honest, like I, I've been stuck in this bubble for... Uh, like the downtown uh just cover band kind of um realm for for a long time and it's it's and it's hard to break away from that to become an original artist to become a country artist you know i still got pubs and bars calling me downtown and asking me to play four or five nights a week right but it's not the image that i want to portray anymore i mean if someone goes in and they're paying five dollars cover to go see Justin Fancy at you know one of the bars downtown they're not going to pay 40 bucks a ticket to come see me play at Kitty Video or you know a venue you know so you kind of have to separate yourself when it comes to that and it creates a different image it creates a different feel creates a different vibe um, you know you don't see Alan Doyle or Great Big Sea I mean they they got their start downtown this is where they started I mean yeah. but you don't see them playing you know uh, down you know at bars and pubs six seven days a week I mean it's just the way that you kind of separate yourself working downtown playing downtown all those cover songs all those late nights it really honed me to be you know to be confident as an entertainer and a and a, and a performer right so I knew I had that knack too so it was just about getting the songwriting down and separating myself from the a, you know, cover band scene to a recording artist, and uh, you know that that was very important for me. Like,
2: see, I, I agree because you got you kind of right. got to like again believe in yourself, kind of set your limits of like, hey, I don't mind doing this, but this is where I'm trying to reach. But for sure. at the same point, I feel like you kind of kind of have what I call like a bit of a snakeskin because I mean. Just like that, like, you know, all of a sudden the person's like, well, geez, a few months ago or a few years ago, he'd be down here for five dollars. Now he's not doing it. And then it's like, that's when a Facebook group gets created where it's like, Justin, not so fancy after all. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah for sure oh man there's people out there that's gonna hate on you anyway it does, yeah, doesn't yeah. matter i mean and then the social media world is so lame these days it's just i don't know it's just gone i just refrain from commenting on anything anymore i just post my music stuff and i'm quite happy with that and if anybody oh, wants you, to comment you, on it you've, you've think, got oh, yeah. you've
2: got better uh you've got better precision than what i've got because it's like <laughs> i see a comment and it's like it might not even be towards me but i'm like a wrestling fan yeah. i'd be like this oh, yeah. guy was overrated and i'd be like what purpose is it is for you to say actually this guy was not no because then someone they don't even look at your comment they didn't go to your profile oh, and be like they go like yeah. oh you host a podcast oh you think you're cool and i'm like well you checked it out didn't you so that's that, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. one for me.
0: hello i'm wendy mesley there you are a lot of people wondered what happened to you i could say the same about you maureen holloway Well, here we are, a few years after we left our previous jobs, we've been busy. We have a podcast. I know, you're thinking, who doesn't? But ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors. Activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden, Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn. Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mochrie. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places.
2: So now you know what happened to us. Women of Ill Repute. But Justin, okay, to finally close this episode off, I want to play a fun game. We call it random questions. This is kind of where I lose the podcast to some extent. Uh it's a random question generator. So I, I kind of dictate a little bit of control over what the question asks, but again. If it's something that you're like, hey, I'm not going there, totally fine. So the first question, do you remember the best chirp that you ever received?
1: Best chirp. Oh, man, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I do. I started playing with The Navigators. <laughs> oh, this is a good one. I can't <laughs> believe I just remember this. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, this one, this one stuck with me. When I first started playing downtown, I played in between the sets of The Navigators. So It was Arthur and Fred. And they had this song, Dance and Sing, it was called. So the first beginning of the song starts, She's known as Nancy. She's young and wild and free. She's known as Nancy. So then the guy started saying, uh, it's Justin Fancy, he plays his songs in G. It's Justin Fancy, he plays all his songs in G. <laughs> right, and, and they, they kept, that was the biggest chirp for me. Bit, of, bit weird, <laughs> but yeah, I, I did start off playing literally all my songs in G, so. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's, that's when you're like, oh, he's pointing out a fact, but I don't want him to point it out anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah. So that was kind of a chirp, for sure. Uh, what is your best
2: memory to date in terms, it can be just in music or in life?
1: My daughter's birth 110%. I think it's something, um, you know, it's pretty much automatic to me. My daughter means, uh, you know, a lot to me, and I wouldn't be doing this music thing without her support. And, uh, you know, she's nine years old now and she's probably watching. So, love you, Kay.
2: It'd be funny if, like, you said, if she didn't support me, I wouldn't do it. And then she's just like, actually, I don't support it. And you'd be like, nah, that's okay. I'm still going to do it. And be like, what? be like, yeah, I was just, I just really wanted your support just so it made me feel a little bit better. What is your kind of go-to takeout food? Like, and if you say Keats, I'm going to say you're a
1: liar no man i i i I, and i have no shame in this i love mcdonald's (laughs) i love mcdonald's i love a good feed of mcdonald's i kind of treat myself once every couple of weeks with mcdonald's you eat it every day you're just gonna die so i would i probably would eat mcdonald's every day
2: (laughs) i mean have you seen the movie supersize me i don't know like i haven't seen i haven't seen the ending to it but i feel like you know what I, i haven't heard the guy is dead so i guess it's okay
1: yeah. yeah. for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> do you
2: remember the first time you ever went on stage and were like, what was your nerves like? Cause I know for me, when I went to do comedy the first time on stage, I was pretty confident. And then when I left, yeah. I was like, Okay, I, I don't know what I expected, but I thought I was gonna be like at a Kevin Hart show where they're gonna be like, Oh, this guy's hilarious, I love them. And then there was like five people that were like, Eh, he's okay. And I'm like, Okay, they didn't boo. It was okay, yeah. so I guess I stay out of here alive. But do you remember the first time you went on stage and were you like, oh my God, or was it like, finally, I'm the doing first, this?
1: The first stage for me, that, and believe it or not, was 2008 in Canadian Idol. Uh, it's the first oh. stage that I oh, had ever okay. been on. And I guess it was a realization moment for me. I didn't have any nerves going in. and As soon as I stepped on the stage, it just all hit me. Even the audition, like when I auditioned for Canadian Idol, it wasn't bad at all. I mean, yes, I had a little bit of nerves, but until I flew to Toronto and I kind of got on stage with cameras around and all this kind of stuff, that was, I mean, I can't explain it. Another moment like that was this year, uh, I played Boots and Hearts. Um, I was one of the eight emerging artists across the country to showcase at Boots and Hearts. And this was in um, uh, just outside of Barrie, Ontario at Burles Creek. And it was like easy. 20,000 people there and again I was side stage and I was ready to go my band was there I wasn't you know I was feeling anxious and I wasn't nervous I was just anxious I wanted to get it over with and as soon as I stepped up on that stage all the nerves just hit me again it it took me right back to that Canadian Island moment Um, you know but put me in a bar or pub or anything like that or you know at my own show or whatever I mean I, I don't feel any nerves nowadays it's just those bigger bigger settings right obviously because there's a lot on the line you know
2: do you ever think that you'll get to like a point because i know some artists do and that's totally their call if they do but do you ever think you get to the point where like you're at a concert and if it starts getting too rowdy or too crazy you're like you know what i'm just in fancy and i'm not performing here tonight because you guys are too rowdy and they would be like what happened to this guy or would you kind of be like hey man that's me i can do this now
1: well, I, I can tell you there's, there's been a couple of times like that in, in a pub setting. go in there sober as a judge and everybody's drunk and, you know, shit happens. And I, I walked out on a couple. I, I'm not proud of this, but I've walked out of a couple couple of our settings where I was just like, guys, I can't do this. And I got a mic yeah. in the one and chipped my tooth um, one night. And I was just bleeding. And I finished the song and just put my guitar. I never told anybody anything. I just put my guitar in my case and my mic in my case and I walked out. And walk back, um, walk you know, walk out, and drove home. It was yeah. just one of those moments where I was just fed up. But uh, I mean. Everybody's there for a good time. I mean, it was an accident, whatever else. And I kind of look back on those, you know, probably hurt me a little bit when it comes to the up scene. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's yes, there's been many nights, you know, that that you kind of and you you gotta, you gotta bite your lip most times. It's, it's like social media, same thing. I mean, if you start barking on social media, there's gonna be people, it's gonna be haters out there that are always gonna turn in a different direction, and you know they'll probably get off on you, uh, you know, your anger or whatever else. Right? It's just I've just learn to be very quiet when it comes to that stuff
2: (laughs) well I I think it's interesting kind of to close it out because you know when you mentioned earlier about like Robin Adelini and her success like we've had Mm -hmm. Robin on and I remember asking her kind of like the social media aspect because you don't see a lot of it's promotion stuff but there's not a lot of just say her interacting yeah for sure and and then I asked her like how do you find that because there's going to be people out there going to be like well she she doesn't engage with her fans I'm like well she probably does the ones that are like actually fans but there are people out there that are like oh you think you're better than this now blah 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 I'm like yeah. what What purpose is it to respond to that and then that person screenshots it and goes hey I got to him or I got Absolutely. to her or whatever is the,
1: the biggest thing is, is to not react to that kind of stuff and not give anything to anybody to to take advantage of you when it comes to that stuff. You might think it's the worst and most ridiculous thing in the world in a comment that somebody's made, but, I mean, you gave them up that opportunity to, to, you know, to roast you or do whatever you're doing on social media. So for me, again, you know, it's going back to just watching what you post i mean my my page if you look at my facebook page you know there's nothing real political on there or whatever else it was at one point (laughs) and i think you know most people know what color i am when it comes to political you know um whatever but i mean at the same time i mean you have to be neutral that kind of stuff and and you, you just don't put anything on social media and this is for every artist i mean i had i it reminds me of um, an, an independent artist that I was following on Facebook, and he absolutely roasted radio for not playing a song. And I'm like, you just dude, you just ruined your career. Like, you just ruined your career for over one song because radio didn't like it. Your next one could have been a major hit, whatever. I mean, he took that time to roast the radio, and and I mean, it was the talk of the industry for, for days after that. And this was a guy who was an emerging artist. So, I mean, you, you just have to pick your battles. Um, I would say stay out of all battles on social media and uh, and just keep posting your brand and just keep being true to your brand. You know
2: see i i really like that you respected that artist's name because that was me that was me that's why i didn't win the like the 2020 <laughs> newfoundland artist of the year blah 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 because i was on radio and i was like oh you're gonna pick justin fancy over me and then they were just a, like easy decision you made it easy and i was like ah okay it wasn't me yeah, but for sure. i'll, I'll show some people are gonna be like was it him i don't understand if he's joking
1: <laughs> no no it wasn't you it wasn't you.
2: That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Justin Fancy for coming on to the show. Remember, you can
0: find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying, Thank you for listening, and good night. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer.